it's the first time that we've done this, we're actually in a raven's nest now. <laughs> this is uh, another episode of the fantastic Vedic Astrology Podcast, Raven's Nest, and we're coming at you live from an RV. Wow, we did it. Uh, we're in a, a pretty cool little motorhome right now mm-hmm. that uh, I'm I'm digging it. I'm digging it a lot, so uh, it's helping us in the process of a move to a, a new state, and that state would be Florida. Um, so we uh, we've been up to that in trying to get here in uh, good standing. With there was a Category One hurricane, and we just so happened to put ourselves through that, which wasn't bad at all. Uh, a little bit frightening considering we didn't know what kind of category it was going to be. Uh, and I've never been in a hurricane, so I felt like it was... Well, we also uh, moved down here and drove down here on an eclipse. So that's the wild card, right? When you decide to travel during an eclipse into unknown territory, you can end up... I mean, we did. We ended up in a Category 1 hurricane. And um, it was like... It was like a... Our RV was shaking from the wind. It wasn't so much the rain. It was the wind. Yeah. But we were in a place with... Um, where there was a lot of RVs. So... Yeah, RV We park. couldn't really be scared because nobody else around us was freaking out. So we, we had to be cool. <laughs> yeah, well, coming from my home state of Tennessee, uh, you know, we get pretty bad storms a lot, but hurricanes are a different animal in a way. But the area we were in, the eye was nowhere near us. We made sure of that. We were just uh We would have been going into the eye of the storm. If we had gone where we were supposed to go, yeah. But, yeah, that's why we didn't. So it's pretty funny, though. It was... uh. We were like, wow, a hurricane in November. Like, that very rarely happens. And so we were, like, doing our, you know, how we always do, the astrological uh, dive into what what could be the cause. And we didn't go too far into this, but we saw how uh, it was 18 years ago when the South Node was where it is now. In Swati, there was two hurricanes in one year. No way. Which, that was... Astrology doesn't prove things like that, does it? Oh, no, no, uh. it doesn't. It's just a big pseudoscience. It's a bunch of lies. <laughs> yeah, don't ever look into it. It's just a big joke. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, if you're doing tropical astrology, perhaps, <laughs> but if you're doing sidereal astrology, which is what we practice, and you're understanding that that system has mathematical calculations that if we had to do it and we didn't have programs i would probably not be able to do this but i mean in all honesty though it's always gonna it's gonna be an ongoing debate forever you know like but we do use this to prove like what you said 18 years ago yeah the same position it's a very light lightly researched topic right but like i mean it would it's it's we do this for everything if we keep looking on the 18 year cycle of rahu and k2 i mean you figure out pretty quickly uh what trends and manifestations happen right we're talking about 2004 Uh, yeah it it was was 2004 2004, and i actually found an article because i was really curious about this it said four hurricanes in six weeks and this was in 2004, and um, that's pretty interesting. So the hurricane season back then, there was 15 storms, and nine became hurricanes. <laughs> so sometimes they don't even get upgraded from tropical storm to hurricane. Yeah. What makes the upgrade? I learned this because we had all this time while we're sitting awake wondering if our RV is going to be evacuated or something. Blown um, away. Yeah, finding out that you, what the miles per hour of the wind is what ad, like actively upgrades the category. Which yeah. is Swati is Vayu. So it's like 
Right, and well, if like you don't know, Swati's a nakshatra. At, that's a part of Libra, right? And it's ruled by or, Rahu. Or considered within Libra's sign. Yeah. I know, I know there's some astrologers that are like, it's not a part of the sign because the sign's not a uh, part it's of that not, system. It's not located in the sign. The, right. The, the Rashis are technically in space. If you're imagining space, the Rashis are low and the nakshatras are high. It's like the 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 uh, what do you would call the top of the tower, the penthouse. The nakshatras are like the penthouse, and the rashis are like the first floor or something. Yeah, it could vary. So this is a. I'm glad you brought that up because I thought that was really interesting. And also, what happened with this um, hurricane? was it was the first hurricane ever recorded in history to occur after November 4th. Right, which is very unheard of. Probably like some military psyop that, or military weather modification for all we know. Do they call it... <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Do they call it, it um, gain of function if uh, they mess with the weather? Or is that just called like... Yeah, it's <laughs> just a... They, um, what do they enhance... The seasons they enhance the clouds. Yeah, hey, anything's possible at this point. But right. needless yeah. to say, we'll probably, if there's more to come, we'll probably dip out of here, or at least come back to where we're at right now to get past that. Because I'm not. Now we know where to go. Yeah, we we, we know the safe zones. <laughs> so that's probably why we are here, just in case it happens. But yeah, um, hurricanes kind of look like they would be. Uh, Rahu type energy too because you don't know what direction they're going to go once they start spinning. They just kind of like it looks like Taz. You know like you don't know where it's going to go. It's like a Tasmanian (laughs) devil. (laughs) Not to say hurricanes aren't serious but you know they kind of remind me of Taz and that's like the energy of Rahu. You know if you want a, a good visual of what that energy is. Yeah. Now, how about we we consider all of the the move we just made and talk about uh, you've been doing this because you're away from your hometown, but this is new for me. Well, not in the sense of my entire life, but recently I made this move right, and uh, the ninth house is going to always be activated for anybody. That, that's going to travel. So I, I've been told it's like roughly 300 miles. You start to activate the Dharma house of the ninth. So um, maybe it's worth us talking about. Um, I'll mention this about myself that I have a moon in the ninth house. And, you know, so it's almost, you know, as an astrologer, you see that and you almost can, you can just say flat out that this person will travel in their life like it's going to be seen that the karma um or or rather or rather it's not karma in the sense of the house it's dharma it's dharma for them to travel they want it to be their karma but it's dharma it i would say the mind would be fixated so the mind would be fixated on traveling or running away for a spiritual journey perhaps yeah, because it's the pilgrimage, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty interesting. That uh, and they would probably yeah. enjoy lots of delicious foods. Uh, yeah, if it's moon, right? Yes, yeah. but yeah, you're getting a little too close to my chart. So let's just talk about the ninth house. Well, um, I'm trying to be positive when I talk <laughs> about a chart. I want to, you know, inspire the person to explore the possibilities of the positive aspects. I don't like when people say, oh, this moon's debilitated, like, or Jupiter's debilitated to somebody who has a chart with a debilitated, quote-unquote, debilitated Jupiter. Because you can't, when you isolate things, it makes things sound worse than they are, right? Well, right, and from what we've learned through our various teachers, at least in the modern age, it's that exaltation, debilitation, really 
almost don't mean jack squat anymore it just shows the capability of the planet you have to well, look yes at and it no, from so many places it's almost like endless capability it's just a matter of looking at the entire chart right but like you know, there's uh, endless examples of debilitated planets doing extremely well for people. And you know? we've talked about that on previous episodes, so, so go back through right, the old episodes to find the nuggets. Now, the, I guess, uh, I guess for one thing, for anyone asked for why the move, um, there's a lot of reasons, but mainly it's the beach for me. <laughs> Vamos a la playa. I, uh, always wanted to move to the beach and uh, I actually had right before COVID and then COVID happened so I moved back home <laughs> to a more uh, um, a more conservative state because they're the most sane right now as far as politically speaking um, so yeah you wanted to be a beach bum I just love the beach. I love everything about the ocean. I think it's super healing. Uh, it, I feel like it grounds me. I feel at peace. And, you know, pe I see so many people in their lives. They're like, ah, like, I'm ready to go to the beach. Or, like, they're constantly sharing stuff on the social media about going and escaping. It's like, well, why can't you just have that life? And you don't need to, like, get away from your life. You can have that as your main life. So that's what we're doing. We're going for it. I'm living out my dharma. That's kind of edgy, though, uh, do you realize? I think it's edgy, and I think a lot of things are edgy for, for things that normal people do. Like, I think it's edgy to, like, have kids, especially in a world right now that seems to be just off kilter. You know, there's a lot of things that people do that I think are way more edgy. Than, it's just been somehow it's kind of edgy. A, it's kind of edgy to not have kids, too. Yeah, but I'm also I have a lot of interesting ideas about uh, where I personally want to go in life. You know, I I I think in a lot of ways, you know, I want to experience a lot of different things. You know, and it doesn't necessarily involve uh, following the norms. But the but yeah, so we we did make this move happen. Uh, with the help of this RV, which is freaking sweet, because I've always wanted to do, wanted to do that. And I uh, didn't realize how many people actually wanted to do this or, like, fantasized about this life. So it's kind of interesting, because this never, ever entered my consciousness as a possibility of something I'd ever wanted to do. <laughs> it was never like, oh, yeah, I want to live in an RV and, like, downsize my whole life into, like, a bed and, like, five books and two pairs of pants and it's hmm. kind of my worst nightmare yeah because <laughs> you're a little more of a rahu well <laughs> i think most women and people that have the sense of style and like a, a certain way of living would probably agree with that you know guys that can live in one sweatshirt and like a pair of jeans and like you know flip-flops they love it right um but it's it's been surprisingly fun, I'd say. It feels like uh, it feels good to be self-contained, and our stove in our RV is actually better than our stove in our apartment, so that's a plus, right? Yep. And we have like three beds. <laughs> it's a pretty big RV. It's not can, like some janky little. You yeah, know. it's we still have our space. If you want to, you know, read, you go to the front bunk. Which is kind of called our, it's that's our nest. <laughs> that's the raven's nest up there in the front bunk, and then I gotta go gather some know, like palm leaves and stuff to make it really nest like. You can make it a, a the real deal. <laughs> so we may have to do videos. Um, with a nest, with building a <laughs> nest. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been it. You know, and when you look at charts, you can see the compatibility for these types of events and. You know, some people might think it was like all of a sudden, but you had been kind of thinking about this for months, right? And really putting your energy into it. And yeah, so we bought this RV the night of the Pisces full moon. And that was pretty amazing. I just, I'll never forget being able, driving back after buying it and uh, 
seeing like the you know dawn or uh Oh, you know, sunset. sunset, but the moon was already out, and the pink sky, it was just, like, it was gorgeous, man. It That's was surreal. It, it was the most money you've ever spent in your life. So, <laughs> that was uh, but a another big part of the... A cool thing that I, uh, like, an observation was, because you said your goal was to be a homeowner by this year. So, congratulations, you're a homeowner. I'm a motor homeowner. You're a motor homeowner. <laughs> Which uh, I think it's a great investment considering the market because yeah. uh, I do have a real estate license, so I do keep up with that world. And honestly, it seems like a lot of people want to be in motorhomes right now because you don't have to pay a $5,000 bill or like total of $5,000 in bills. You know, it's, it's very... Uh, it's free it's as affordable. Well. It's free. <laughs> like if... You know, I saw this lifestyle pickup uh, during the past two years. I don't like to say pandemic because that's a fake term. It wasn't a real pandemic. I think now that people have wiped the, the goo out of their eyes, they can see that. It was a that. joke. That's what it was. It was like, I mean, I've watched movies my whole life, so it's not a surprise that they've been training us through movies and like stuff like that. Um, but a lot of people have been doing this RV thing for the past couple of years because they wanted to find a new place to live that was compatible with their lifestyle, with their values, you know, all the kinds of things that we talk about uh, when it comes to Vedic astrology and why we look at charts and why it's important to realize that each individual is going to have a different set of, you know, dharma, arca, kama, moksha, right? Yeah. Man, I mean, it, it's amazing because we were talking about how, like, we, we can't seem to avoid the <laughs> ongoing shadow of, of political talk, and it's it's surrounded everything. Like, um, I mean, <laughs> a lot of amazing things have happened, like people like Alex Stein, Primetime, who are just, like, just making a complete joke out of the system and like Jim Brewer who are just they're making content out of the, the, the BS which is like to me it's genius it's a field day for comedians I mean you know all the the TDS when it was going on like Trump derangement syndrome you know when I was living in LA everybody in 2016 was like wanting to end their life and be like he's not my president uh, not my president uh. and it was like you could be like that, or you could just laugh at the whole situation, you know, which it made for great content and comedy, like, the whole time. Like, the people that get it are going to laugh at things, right? They're yeah. Gonna be, they're going to bring out the best in – they're going to want to bring out the best in each other and in you. I've noticed a lot of the people who, after, like, you know, 2020 is, like, the, the postmark for, like – I mean, it's like a, a – Post-apocalyptic. It's like the, the – I don't know what you would call it. The timeline uh, where it changes, right? Uh, That's where, where all the, time the energy wave change. Yeah, that was Terrence McKenna's time wave. Yeah. <laughs> it was all about that. Maybe. And we knows? did an episode on uh, that too. But uh, now the where was I going with that? The change. Oh, what I've seen is, and I don't care what you are, left, right, blue, green, right, left. All this stuff is like, uh, it's not. Who cares about you categories? Know, we're not we're not interested. We we just want people to love and accept everybody, and then hopefully the greedy billionaire assholes who say they're doing something for money, hopefully they'll do something beyond like fund fake wars and fake cryptocurrencies and all that shit, so they get richer. Like but anyways, <laughs> the it seems to me like the left has had the hardest time post twenty twenty with like figuring out a direction. If that makes sense, like they got swept up. like what I'm finding out with at least the right is there's been a, you know, they're talking about like we've said in the last episode. I'm not calling it a red wave, but that's what they're calling it, and it is happening because they've been inspired by all of the craziness in the world to stand up and act, right? Which is the point in politics, you know. Uh, but it seems like even some of these like spiritualists that have feelings about this and they've become very negative 
and they've become sort of like doomer about like where the world's going and then they'll like flip a switch though and be like but i'm positive and i think it's gonna be okay but it's like you just spent the whole podcast talking about how you you really deep down inside have a hate for trump and you have like they can't get uh, over it and you you have to like direct it towards putin now because that's the only other bad guy you can think of but uh it's because they listen to mainstream media and they don't realize the, that they're being brainwashed to believe that instead of like the first meme that focusing I focusing sh- on what's Sorry. happening at home. Yeah, right? your direct environment, what's like, really going on yeah, around like, you. Like if you're, s- I don't know, I don't want to sound like this, but if you're so spiritual, it shouldn't matter. You shouldn't judge people. You should want to, you know, give love to people like Trump and Putin because maybe they need it that should be your perspective not like I love everybody like that video that I showed you that the other day is like I love everybody how about Trump he could die <laughs> yeah like, I remember you okay. showing me that like do you think he cares what anybody thinks he's got so much money like and a palatial home in Florida and other states like he doesn't care what you think. You know, he's kind of edgy like that. And it, I guess where I'm coming from is that, like, man, if you're a spiritualist or, like, someone that's counseling other people and you don't have your head on the right shoulders as far as how to guide people, you, you got to either quit your job, find something new, or look elsewhere. Be- because uh, despite how negative all of it is and i say f the mainstream media i say f your television i'm one of those people we you know. just threw out our television that came in the rv yeah we did that's how <laughs> we roll we donated it so hopefully it's uh went to someone that really wants that but like from an astrologer's perspective like ours if you're someone that has this this like doomer mentality uh Part of understanding your karmas is that your soul is here on this plane of existence, meaning living in that body of yours, that physical meat suit made of all organs and blood and bones. You're meant to experience karmas here. God, the universe, the soul, Atma, said, we're going to put you in that body and you have to learn some lessons in it. And the beauty in astrology sometimes is that we have a pretty good outlook and insight into where exactly your soul is probably going to have to go through some of these experiences, right? So like a Rahu in the second, I'm looking at the person saying, you know what? And it, you know, I want to see the sign too. Maybe it's not in a great sign. I automatically know the family life is going to be different you're not going to understand your family you might feel alienated from your family so your soul is going through these specific karmas and and it's not just bad karmas right like second house rahu is going to bring you wealth and you're going to want to make money but the point is it's like saying god chose you you've been chosen to go through this here on this world you were a chosen one to do that it's not that you're a doomer and you're doomed because every the whole the government wants you to die and that uh, I mean, your they family do, hates you and all this <laughs> stuff. Like, if you've not realized by now in, as a spiritualist that you have a mission that's actually, it's beyond anybody else's understanding. And that's why it becomes spiritual. Because it, it becomes one with you and your God, you know? But I digress. I just... I have a word for what you just described. It was a sanctimonious no it's What's a real that? word sanctimonious acting if you're morally better than others yeah. right it's uh it also means making a hypocritical show of religious devotion and righteousness i mean i think the public learned that word last week right because trump dropped it 
in a speech which I thought was hilarious because we know everybody is like what the heck does de-sanctimonious mean but that's not the actual word the actual word sanctimonious right so it was a straight up burn it was an excellent usage of the word and I think it describes what you've been talking about when people want to act like they're morally superior for choices that they make <laughs> when we all have karmas so your choice can you can feel morally superior for your choice but it doesn't mean that you are yeah it just means that you have a problem <laughs> and you want to compare yourself to other people when if you made a list like even a short list where you compared yourself with the person next to you there would probably be nothing in common yeah. you wouldn't have any kind of experiences that were the same maybe like you and your neighbor were both in the military but that's it like the rest is completely different yeah it's it's like we're being lodged between like two different poles of polarities and it, it absolutely sucks like i have like someone bothering me in a, in a store because they're like oh where's your mask and then like <laughs> go the other way and it's someone that's like praise jesus and i'm just like can i just exist without having to be like fucking pummeled with your your beliefs like can we just ha be happy that you have your feelings about life and i have my feelings that's what <laughs> headsets are for that's why you yeah, put headphones on so people leave you alone even if if you don't have music on that's it what <laughs> like metallica is for so but uh that's so. pretty funny though because i think um I do feel bad for people that, that got lost in the way of trying to find themselves because I think what what happened in 2020 crushed a lot of people's egos. You know, they didn't have their connections. They didn't have – they couldn't yeah, go out. Like, I, in California, you know, I was locked down for two years. Like, that's crazy. Uh, that's, that would make anyone go crazy, you know? I mean – if I didn't have this practice and love to read and study so much, I might be feeling the way most people felt, which is out of shape, unhealthy, mentally unstable, uh, you know, 40 to 60 pounds heavier. Like I saw a lot of my friends gain weight. A lot of them became so unhealthy and depressed. A lot of relationships ended because people were constantly in the face of other people and it just became a real negative situation and if you didn't have something your new identity was created by this identity on the internet right these mm, groups yeah. that you were put in like all of a sudden you're you're on the internet all day long you're on zoom all day long you're behind a screen all day long which you know in vedic astrology that's rahu and that yeah. that will make your mind believe that you're something that you're not and we only indulged in the internet periodically before everybody had jobs they had a separation they had uh time to be with their families they had time to move around and travel and when you take away people's will to live and their means for survival and inspiration i mean what's left it's right. it's pure negativity so i think um why I like to talk about astrology with people or even just talk with people and see what they're all about is to kind of boost them, give them something to kind of go home and think about, you know, like maybe, you know, that one conversation, because I know that's happened to me before where I've had a conversation with somebody and I'm like, wow, that was unexpected. I got some amazing advice from the most random person or I just had this moment where you know like today um, we went to go uh, do some mundane like uh, I guess run some mundane errands and we ended up in a place that we didn't really know and what happened was we went to go check out this uh, Ayurveda clinic out here and it was gorgeous and then down the road there was a little uh house that said krishna on the outside and like we have to pull over and what's inside is this like bookstore it's like the little hub for an online bookstore and um we ended up kind of getting swept up in that and and finding some much needed like inspiration and i got this cool new book 
about Vedic cosmography in astronomy. And that You're is You're excited about it. That is going <laughs> to be for future episodes, but I'll say this. I already like where it's going because it's it's taking all of the really hard stuff from like the astronomical siddhantas or the astronomical books and the Bhagavatam cosmology and it's putting them together and it's comparing them and it's giving you like a real basic introduction to something that I think most people don't ever think about or question but do we live in a galaxy where the sun is the center or the earth is the center are we geocentric or heliocentric because we've been taught that the sun is the center that we revolve around the sun yeah i mean copernicus said that right all these white guys right or <laughs> these englishmen but the, the guy that wrote this book is actually a, a white guy, but he says, <laughs> he goes into it, and he says that, um, it, he writes very well. He's a, he is a mathematician, and he's also a Vaishnav who did a lot of research, and he said that what happened was, he gives an introduction in the beginning of the book, and I bring that up because... A lot of people want to like demonize certain races, but it's not true. He he basically says that what happened was, you know, it all goes back to Rome and Greece. That a lot of people tried to say that uh, the Vedic teachings were actually the Greeks trying to make it sound Indian. And he talks about that in the beginning of the book, so it made him want to research more about and find out what was really going on. Come to find out... Um, you know, a lot of people talk about this, how ancient, in ancient times, like, people weren't totally lame, and, like, they weren't seafaring, they were seafaring, so he said that what he discovered was that the Greeks actually studied under the Indians, and they learned the Indian cosmology, but they decided to go they their own way. They went their own way and make it their own, yeah. Yeah, they, they went their own way and decided to explore the, you know, heliocentric model, which, hey, it's great. We don't know. Either way, but we have more proof for a geocentric model than a heliocentric model. We have more data, right? But I thought that was pretty interesting. So, well, it's just more to it's come like on that. it's like the tropical sidereal thing. Like it's just it's always it's part of since we are under the branch of science. It's like it just it's like politics. It just ends up becoming like a debate constantly of who feels more. Like, they got the proof. And, like, I've sounded arrogant in the past because all I said was, uh, I was like, the, you know, the Vedic system's right. It's more superior because I say it is. But that's just me being funny. Like, I just, I'm just I trying mean, to, is, I'm just, <laughs> just trying to express, I don't need to give you, like, a 12-page essay with references about it. I'm not. We're not I, here to convince people, yeah, basically. We're I, here to have a dial, dialogue. Dialogue, yeah. I just. Uh, for the people who've probably judged me in the on this podcast, it's like I'm not really here to to give you the the most hyper intellectual conversation about everything, you know. We um, like we like laughing here on this podcast and uh, looking at stupid dog pictures and things like that. So we're not all that serious when it comes to you uh, know. No, I'm not that stupid, but I, I mean, <laughs> no, let's not go there. <laughs> Uh, uh, another thing that I discovered in the book that I was like, people, several people have asked me like, when has the call, when did the call you start? And it's like, that's a daunting question. I'll have to research. Well, it's in this book and he gives a calculation that midnight on the meridian of Ujjayan in India, February 18th, 3102 BC. The seven planets, including the sun and the moon, are all lined up in one direction on the other side of the word, of the earth, directly overhead. Rahu hovers invisibly in the blackness of night. Wow. This is in the Jyotish Shastras, 
The alignment of the planets actually occurred on this date, which marked the beginning of the Kali Yuga. And this is considered, you're going to like this. They aligned, the seven planets in their two cycles are aligned with the star Zeta Pisicum at day zero. This star, which is known as Revati, is used as the zero point for measuring celestial longitude in the Jyotish Shastra. That's the last nakshatra of the nakshatra system, right? And the position of Rahu at day zero is also assumed to be 180 degrees from this star. I mean, tell me, does that not give you, like, that is science. I mean, my brain hurts thinking about the calculations of how they got to that. But they have that written down. And this has been carried over for thousands of years. Yeah, it's super. You just, yeah, I'm definitely going to read that after you. Uh, I'm a little jealous you got to it first. But uh, <laughs> you reminded me of, we just recently listened to that Graham Hancock, Randall oh, Carlson, yeah. Joe Rogan. Oh, uh, yeah. I highly recommend people go listen to it. Uh because th they they describe so much of not only the what the ancients obviously were doing, which was they had high tech high tech technology that probably more high tech than anything we have now, and we want to act like they didn't. But uh, they just swept it all under like it goes back to what this guy was saying. They swept it all back under the rug and act like humans just. Came out of the Big Bang. We're just like, we're just like smacking pointless. together rocks and like eating like raw meat for like millions of years yeah, until like, like two thousand years ago. <laughs> it's a joke, dude. It's obvious that there was a lot more that's happened here. And uh, Graham Hancock does a very good job. So does Randall Carlson of proving the facts. And uh, and they're both uh, motivated by the desire to know the truth. Yeah. They're not like. Graham Hancock isn't like an archaeologist. You know what's funny though is Joe Rogan's had like every kind of person on his podcast except for astrologers. So I'm like, hey, dude, if you can <laughs> hear us, we'll come on your show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty. Well, he hasn't had astrologers or an Ayurvedic practitioner, which I'm very surprised because I know he does yoga. And I know he was living by, like, a big hub for that. Hopefully he's waiting on the special ones mm -hmm. that he knows will bring the good stuff. But uh, here's, uh, here's a portion from the episode I thought was very good. And others challenge it. Your first reaction is self-defense. Yes. You've got to defend yourself against this uh, intruder who is, who is attacking you. In, in one way or another. So I don't I don't think that it's a calculated conspiracy in that way. But I do think that advantage is being taken of it by other powers, by the powers that be. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into the whole COVID and vaccine issue too much right now. There's a lot I don't know about that. But one thing I do know for sure is that the whole COVID and vaccine issue has been deliberately, carefully used by governments. They've taken advantage of it to inculcate and encourage a habit of obedience yes. in the population that we just kind of automatically say yes. And that's part of, that's part of the, the controlling powers in our society fighting back against this tendency to individuality and to thinking for ourselves. And that's why I say we live in the middle of a paradigm shift where things are, we're in struggle right now. And neither one side or the other is going to win. But I believe that we will be driven to it. Yeah, that was... Uh Hopefully we don't get copyright, but uh, I'm just trying to support him. So hopefully, you know. And who could remember by the way, that long quote? I'm not. That's not what it's about. He's talking about the government and how even someone like Graham Hon Hancock knows that, uh, you know, they they abused the public. They they fear mongered. They uh, created a whole good boys headwind of problems that could have been easily mitigated without the uh, sensationalist and just fear-based mindset. But uh, You know what's interesting? I think we talked about it in a previous podcast. Where we used to live, we lived by a, an Amish community. And because they didn't have TVs, they never even knew what happened. 
until people from that, like, you know, the cities came down to buy groceries or whatever. So that kind of tells you if you're in a certain headspace, certain, you know, you could be uh, more prone to fall prey to what he was talking about, which is, you know, being forced to be obedient or think that that's the answer instead of critically trying to uh, come up with a solution, right? Yeah. Mm, it was just, uh, you know, a long time coming for something to, to kind of just, you know, break break the levy on a lot of things. And um, there's a lot more to come, right? Uh, Saturn still with Pluto and that's part of probably the most biggest energetic rift was caused through that conjunction of Saturn and Pluto. Now, in the same sense that there's a negative to Saturn and Pluto, which we've harped on for at least like two of our episodes, um, there's a polarity to everything that's part of one of the hermetic principles and that's a it's a huge thing at least for my own knowledge when studying any manifestation and transmission of any planet in transit that there's there's a positive and there's a negative you know yeah so um again back to the covid thing and how you know if you just let it just hit you in the face and then like you're just all sad about how the world never came back to normal after that you've missed the point um because when we talk about saturn and you talk about like the age of aquarius you're talking about collective energy you're talking about and what does that mean it it's in a sense a lot of things it means a lot of things right but uh collectively it means sometimes the collective goes through certain karmas together collectively <laughs> and uh it's a drop in the water of a much bigger bowl that you know you start to swim in and one thing that i was able to see through 2020 i i, I had a blast in 2020 my life i started to see things even more clear i started to become more inspired because it made sense you know if things didn't happen the, like something didn't happen that was odd or just kind of that shook things up i was actually going to be more worried because it tells you that the world's trying to change in some way so um and i don't think it's carl Schwab and like the the wf and like depopulation i think that's a joke but i mean we've uh, even seen there's no overpopulate like there's so many parts between where we well, lived and where we're at now where there's like this was something so yeah. many places where people yeah. can live i we've i've traveled all over the u.s and i can tell you now that just about every major city outside of that when they talk about overpopulation they they're not talking about anything but major hub cities they're not talking about the entire land mass of like because if you traveled, you could ask any 18-wheeler driver, you know, truck driver, like, I would say at least 80% of the landmass in the United States is not covered with, People. like, it's just free range. Yeah. So, this you brought me to a point. It's that, you know, like, people just need to stop thinking about, like, it's over for, like, these dumb places that have been, you know, been just had by the politics and by all the overpopulation within their walls like like get over los angeles get over san francisco portland go create your own world you have the chance now because of the city you live in is trashed go to a new place go to like the worst farm town with nothing and make it your life mission to turn that into like the next progressive city you know what i'm saying like that's still a chance that's innovation that's that's still a huge possibility in this world even in tennessee where we're from we could have done that but where you're from we like the governor in florida and we're happy that he spoke out against the world economic forum yeah <laughs> but even even here in florida we're seeing these towns and it's like damn there's nobody here 
It's like, this looks worse than places in Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, I think it's cool that there's a lot of uh, possibilities because this uh, Great Reset allowed people to move around and go different places that they might not have ever thought about. And it's cheap just, living. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot less um, traffic. And I think, um, you know, going back to 2020, like I was super excited because I was thinking like, oh, you know, right before that, like, oh, I'm going to finish my Ayurveda program and then I'm going to have to like start working in a clinic and start grinding right away after being like in a program for two years where I'm just like, I'm tired. I want to take a vacation. Well, I got that vacation and I got kind of what I wanted. I got the space to pursue what I wanted to and I used my time to explore the possibilities and really get into my imagination and, and figure out where do I want to go next? What am I going to do with this? And I had all the time in the world to do it. Now you're like, huh, I might turn this RV into an occult gypsy van and help people figure out their life's mission. <laughs> I think that's what you were thinking No, about. I'm totally joking. But I wanted to put wood beads <laughs> in it. <laughs> that's what I would do. I would make it look like a. would put tie-dye tapestries everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that would be super but. cool. Make it like a bohemian, uh, like a really cool, like, plush. But yeah, any, anyways, you got to a, something I wanted to point out, too. It's just like, stop following the herd. If you follow the herd, you're going to get hurt, especially now in today's world. You're so, going to get put so in one of those uh, go create, pens. I, I don't even want to say go create your own L.A. because you don't want to create another L.A. <laughs> but create... Uh, just another mecca you know like go to these rural ass towns these places are full of abundance yeah like make a cool shop or like a pop-up or like what we went to the other day like a thrift market or whatever like hey if your town doesn't have a thrift store like maybe you start your own thrift market like i know back in the day like i was telling you in la um you know there was uh people would go to the park I'm not going to say which one, but um, they would go to this park and they would take like all of their vintage clothes that they wanted to sell and they would put them on a blanket and then like roll them out and then like have this like really cool like, I guess you would call it like a renegade pop up and sell clothes until the cops came, Hmm. you know, and then roll up their blanket and go the other way, which is kind of like cool because you could do that. But, you know, that's that's how ideas and and creativity starts you start with an idea and and then you get a group of people together and then you have a whole vintage market you know like you sell your stuff you meet other people like that's the whole point right that's the very aquarian consciousness meet new people create new things start your own movement you know even another place to jump from from 2020 it's like and something else we've already talked about kind of is just you know, if the world is in a state of bad health, one of the biggest innovations for the world to move forward in is taking care of one's health. Meaning, let's not worry about the fear of death and let's not like be so afraid of life that we don't even live. Let's figure out what makes the most sense. Locking people inside, closing the doors, shutting the lights off, blasting CNN, and then eating... Uh, you know, a whole thing of Twinkies. That's that's the best thing you can do for your health. No, I'm just kidding. That's what I was thinking. But again, you know, the the ideas for innovation are there, you know. And I, I, I don't like the, the technology innovation either. I think that, that It's kind of creepy. I, I'm going to put this microchip in you so that everything you need is in your wrist. And then you're going to become a robot. And then you're going to fly to Mars and hang out with Space Force. And then you're going to come back and pretend you're the second coming. How does that sound? 
sounds like hell, and it sounds like a terrible trip. Do people forget <laughs> that devices have radiation and microchips have radiation and electromagnetic frequencies inside your body and create that radiation? And that we're like 95% water and that we're pretty sensitive besides the bone in us. We, we're pretty much mush. Like, like how is that does that <laughs> even – I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I I like being a hundred percent organic human. Um, so the, yeah the things it, are getting it, weird. But hey, you know no, what? It, if it's if it's for you, it's for you. That's cool. Like, tell me about it. Like, I want to know why you think it's super cool. You know, I'm I'm well, interested I, I in just, hearing what people but think. I, I don't believe in the I the notion that like AI or like that's like the, the last like route left AI is or not like, God or like technology is the only thing that's going to save us like are you kidding me like that's pretty sad like did you go outside today and like see the birds flying around and like the, the what fact, are birds you know but I just what's outside we have to it the collective again you know as someone who I have personally I've gone through my own stages of awakening and I have experienced transformations and you could call it a dark night of the soul. Uh, I don't, I don't like to call that. I'd like to say that I have experienced the other side in a very uh, etheric way, which we'll talk about on like an about us that we're working on. Uh, Yeah. We're still writing the script for that one. I can honestly feel that the collective has to go through its own transformational process. It, it happens on the same scale. If we're spiritualists, we understand as above, so below, as within, so without. You know, it's like a common, it's, it's like the most common law you figure out when you start studying this stuff. Which means if a human being can go from intense transformation within their own, you know, psyche their own spiritual world so can the collective and uh part of that was a a huge transformational shift a paradigm shift a lot of people are calling it so it was like a big um, global death force which is pluto and it kind of reminds me of like alistair crowley said die daily you know And, and people are like what does that even mean that death is transformation we're, we're constantly even buddha said it we're constantly um dying every day a little bit more right yeah the process of putrefaction that's a very scorpionic energy that's the death force but you know it's necessary in in the world that we live in I it's mean, an alchemical it makes, process yeah to, it's to like if you want to look at that compost a pile of compost in that the, is Scorpio going into its, uh, you know, putrefaction, creating a big goopy mess. But you put that big goopy mess on top of plants and it makes them grow. Yeah. I mean, on a very mundane level, in, in a way that people were starting to experience it was on, in their physical health. You know, like people like David Goggins weighing like 350 and then like within a year they just turned into like a, a chiseled warrior that that's a a physical form of the alchemical transformation right but there's levels to it right there's have you looked at his chart yeah he has a badass chart i don't know if we've talked about maybe like we talked about it together but not i don't i don't think we talked about it on episode but maybe Uh, we will in the future because he's really interesting personality to look at um but anyways go on i was just sharing that you know there's a spiritual level to the transformation that's on a, you know, on a, a face value level. Yeah. Like little Johnny just lost 30 pounds cause he hit puberty. Like that's, yeah, that's kind of like a transformation, but then there's the, the mental and then there's the spiritual, you know, yeah, and the emotional. Facets. So, but the uh, West neglects all these things. Now I our think problem in physical. the West is we've sort of not figured out how to, like we talked about this, the combating the spiritual forces knowing how to navigate through them and well that's what magic's for duh 
Yeah, for you. I, eh, not really me, but... Uh, I'm magic or, like, spiritual practices. Same thing. So, yeah. But, again, you know, we're, we're in the West, we're very, like, uh, naive when it comes to, to spiritual forces. And, it's because uh, of the programming. Yeah, it's... A America, lot of programming, and, and that's that, and the, the, you know, the, the best part about it, about it is it seems like going forward, we're actually trying to deprogram ourselves. Yeah. It seems like things are moving in a way that seem like they're gonna start cleaning up their act on the world stage. Yeah, and because the people are demanding it. Because people are tired of it. They're realizing like. You know, back to the Graham Hancock thing, the history that we've been taught is not correct. Um, the food that we were told to eat is not the right food for us to eat. It doesn't bring any nutritional value, right? And, you know, just our whole perception of, you know, back to the universe. We're told that, like, the earth revolves around the sun. But there's really no proof for that there's just like a loose like scientific method like model right but the geocentric model that's presented by the vedas has thousands of years of evidence and observations so maybe it's time for everybody to kind of loosen up and i think <coughs> whether you made a bad choice or a good choice it doesn't matter like just move on let it go realize that hey you were taking advantage of it's it's okay like you thought you were doing the right thing you know we all have those moments regardless of if, if it happened in 2020 with the medical decision or not this happens all the time These it's about knowing I, I don't think that the medical it's more about knowing that you have a choice but know. people think that they didn't because they didn't do their research because despite you know our feelings about what's right or wrong the highest truth is you have a choice and the yeah. choice is freedom right <laughs> but also <laughs> uh, i put it this way to people when i talk to them about ayurveda versus western medicine and like why are they you know people get they get affected and they think that like well if i i heard that herbs have like all these chemicals in them right uh they're lab tested for purity okay well how about the pharmaceuticals that you take do you know what they are no not really i don't even know why i take it for you know and and then another thing that i pose to people is like so humans before pharmaceuticals were invented what did they do how did they heal themselves oh with plants naturally with food oh so why do we need them now right it's a shortcut essentially and shortcuts are where we get in trouble spiritual shortcuts things like that either way i think the long rant leads to just be okay at the end of the day with as much of yourself as you possibly can because it's going to be more painful if you hold on to your mistakes and regrets that creates a disease a lot more people right now too i've seen it um are much more you know we like you said geocentric and heliocentric um rahu through aries is actually kind of making people more egocentric and uh meaning meaning the 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 the, the ways in which people are moving tend to be a little more self-centered right um or, or people are looking out for themselves much more right now uh that's aries is the self i think that's a good thing um yeah I, i've seen it uh do you know it helps people develop self-development is a big thing yeah so. like you know maybe reimagining who you are or like feeling inspired to you know maybe you've had like some kind of 
I don't know, health issue or you felt like you just want to change. Yeah. And you feel driven to do that. But it's funny because once Raya goes into Pisces, it's going to like, it like takes that oneness and just blows it into like a million different directions. And the oneness is lost in the, the ocean, the ocean of Pisces. So oh no! It, it's, it scatters that whole egocentricity. I so, think it's gonna make uh, people feel more connected to their spiritual selves. You know, I think a lot of people are. Part of being human is questioning what spirituality is. If there is a God, do I have a soul? Like I don't know. Some people never ask themselves these questions, and that's okay too. But. You know, maybe with Rahu going into Pisces, people will start to really um, question their mortality and their spirituality and explore that aspect of themselves. Yeah, the it's good stuff that's coming on the way. Uh, Rahu and Jupiter will be in uh, transit, but that that's later on. That's like end of next year stuff that oh, we're looking at. Oh, that's way too far ahead. Uh, so, yeah, just thought I'd kind of put it out there. There's uh, what else you do know, you see in your crystal ball? My crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, on your uh, computer screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? We were talking about this off air, but I'm always trying to find like the right USA chart because I just like feel like I don't know. I want to study us as a country, but <clears throat> I think I stumbled onto something really cool. And maybe in a future episode, we'll talk about it. Or I don't know, I'll write about it on my blog or something. But um, apparently, the United States birth chart has been hotly debated since it was created. So I'm not the only one. I Pretty mean, cool. Again, we're talking about something that's under the branch of science. <coughs> and that just automatically creates a stir. Right. Nothing's ever settled when it comes to science. That's yeah. <laughs> but hey, it was a it was a step in a rabbit hole for me that turned out to be very fruitful because I found out some really cool stuff about um about people studying charts of of countries and getting paid to do this in um you know in Europe and in the you know in Britain. So that's something you don't ever hear people talk about. People act like politicians and countries don't use astrology to make their decisions. But, I mean, we know they do because there's no way that the timing would be so great for them to do, like, these speeches or, like, you know, this law will pass and then, like, it just magically works out, you know. Yeah, like Trump announcing his presidency for 2024 or run for presidency when moon was in maga and we know that he's a maga he's a maga i mean and his slogan is maga and it's a lion it's like come on who's his astrologer like somebody yeah i know he's got some good advisors wild. i mean even though he's got a lot of questionable people around him that was a slam dunk yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens um now, even in 2024, he'll have Jupiter over his Rahu and Sun, and that's in the 10th house. If we're looking at Trump from a uh, rising Leo. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of stuff that, that could be good. Jupiter will actually probably expand his abilities in the, in the sign of the uh, public's eye, the 10th house. I mean, so. before he was president, he was loved by the public for his TV show. And then all of a sudden, he became the bad guy. <laughs> and then he went away. And now he's, like, returning. Pretty interesting, considering his chart. But, yeah. And he's got Punarvasu, which is all about returning. Oh, my gosh. So... There's a I lot forgot of about that. Yeah, having to do things three times, like president. Yep. You know, because he won those first two times, and then, like, I don't know, maybe he'll win the third time? He might. So, 
yeah, that that's uh interesting stuff. I I looked into it because, you know, I I'm, I want to know what. Uh, He's just an interesting personality to study in general, you know. And, uh, and he's got Venus conjunct Saturn in two tra two major charts. In his oh yeah. D one yeah. and D nine. That's gonna. I mean, yeah, he's wealthy, so that's a. Uh, he is. No, not at all. <laughs> so, but yeah, that um. Well, we can't deny the fact that a Jaista is going to to be pretty relentless about their drive. You know, yeah. Jaishas are gonna always be known. Jaishas is the last portion of Scorpio, right? Um, they're gonna be known for. They're gonna know, be known. Going the extra mile. They're gonna be infamous too, and he's kind of infamous. But, you know, he also has, uh, Sun conjunct Rahu. And Moon conjunct Ketu and his D one and D nine. Yeah, I mean that's an eclipse in the same houses. It it, t it tells you someone that's destined, right? Yeah, someone's to, here to, to build an empire. Yeah. And create. I mean, they're gonna create some ripples. Yeah. But you know what? At the end of the day, I think um, what I appreciate about his personality is he's just so like cartoony. You know, it's it's like whatever you think about the person <coughs> it makes for great entertainment that's why the apprentice was so popular you know and i mean you got to <coughs> respect someone that is wanting to bring back uh the restore a lot of the values in this country and uh i think he's doing it in a honorable way so yeah, That's more to come on that one. We'll see how that pans out because he is and he's Jupiter Joshua. So. But, man, this was uh, our first episode coming from the RV uh, as a motorhome owner. So. Congratulations. To, uh, well, thank you. Uh, this was a good one. So, we are probably going to wrap this one up, guys. Hare we Krishna. Thank you for being here. Uh, we hope to hear from you and keep on checking in for new episodes coming at you from Florida. Peace. <laughs>